Good morning, everybody. Happy uh, second week of the year, January 8th. We had a great uh, first of the year. January 1st, last Sunday, we went into the new year together, praising God. We had a packed house and so inspiring to see people choosing to spend the first of their year praising God, worshiping God in his house. Um, I love it. I'm excited to get into week two. Today, as you heard a few times already, it's day one of our 21 days of, of prayer and fasting, and we'll talk more about that coming up. Um, this past week, we got to share some exciting news about our end-of-the-year Zeal for the House offering. We invited the church during the month of December to give uh, end-of-the-year offering, and the whole idea was to help build the kingdom of God, particularly outside of these four walls. And I'm happy to say that Nashville Life raised over $135,000. And um, that's 75% of our 2023 budget for missions this year. So we are almost at the amount that we are wanting to uh, give to organizations outside of uh, our city, outside of our nation even, across the world. Um, and then local organizations here, we've got some powerful nonprofit ministries right, right here in Nashville, uh, many of which are uh, represented in our church body that we're able to give to, and I'm so grateful that we're able to give them more because of your generosity. I've got a meeting next week with Paragon Mills Elementary School. We're hoping to start a food pantry out there. Um, uh, Nashville, uh, not Nashville, Paragon Mills Elementary is a diverse, like, I don't know how many nations and religions are represented in this elementary school, and they're right down the road, and we just want to be a presence uh, to them, let them know that God loves them, and there's a, there's a church up the street that cares for them. So I'll have some more news in the next couple of weeks on how we can uh, donate to that food pantry um, that we're hopefully starting. And uh, so, yeah, plenty of opportunities, things to get done, things to get busy in, uh, doing God's work. I've got some scripture I want to share with you today. Before I do, I would like for everybody to repeat these words after me, if you can. Uh, say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Great, great. Well, during J uh, January 1st, last week, um, I was sharing from my heart what I believe I was supposed to share with you guys, and that was God wanted to do profound things via very simple and what we would deem as elementary principles. Um, 2023, I don't believe, is going to be the year to look over the basics. I really do believe that God is reserving some profound things for your life via very basic, simple doors. Um, sometimes we can tend to get really lofty and even a little bit jaded in the way that we think, and we can complicate things. And I think the Lord wants to take great pleasure, true pleasure, in reserving and hiding some, some groundbreaking, monumental things in your life via things that we can tend to overlook. The Lord really wants us to approach him like children, and there's a simplicity and there's a purity uh, that he wants to uh, reveal things through. So uh, I was sharing that. I didn't really know all that that was going to bring but I was just sharing what I believe that God put on my heart, and I gave you guys some scriptures for it. Um, but this message is totally in sync with that. And as I was preparing for it, I'm like, we're already starting with this concept of, of profound things via very simple principles. Um, there is a book that we have available for everyone during the 21 days of prayer, and it's called Pray First. It's a guide on how to pray. Uh, one of the prayers, or one of the requests that the disciples asked of Jesus was for him to teach them how to pray. And that's where we have what we call the Lord's Prayer. A lot of times people are intimidated by prayer because they don't, don't, they don't know how to do it. And um, that's unnecessary because we've got help. We've got resources that can help you on how to pray. There's prayers in there. There's 
uh, formulas to just what prayer is and how to do it in a way where it's effective in your life. A lot of times, if you're anything like me, you've had those prayer sessions where you're just sort of sitting there and you don't really know what to say. Um, so pray first is a great help to help uh, strengthen your prayer life and equip you to have a great prayer life, not just during these 21 days, but after. Um, and that really is a theme for our 21 days, praying first. The message today is what I believe is the key to life. I think I have uh, been blessed to uncover the secret key to having a fulfilled and miraculous life, a life that so many people want, but so few people get to experience. And the key is in the Bible, and it's not something that you got to search really deep and really far into finding. In fact, it's in the very first chapter. And not only is it in the very first chapter, it's in the very first sentence. I believe the first four words of the Bible reveal the most profound key to having a life worth living. And that is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. I believe the secret to a happy and fulfilled and substantial life is in these four words. When we put God in the beginning of our lives, when we put God in the beginning of every aspect, whether it's our marriage or our career or our health or our social life or our hopes and our dreams, when we place God in the beginning, when we approach everything from the standpoint of in the beginning, God, you will be amazed at the effects that it will have on your life. We see this principle all throughout scripture. It's actually the very first of the 10 commandments that Moses revealed to Israel when he came down from the mountain. Exodus chapter 20, it ends on verse three. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. And the key word is before me. That's a, that's a matter of sequence. It's referring to order. And when something's in the beginning, that means nothing is before it. When something is first, that means nothing is before it. And that's the very first commandment that God gives to us in the Ten Commandments. And I do want to kind of contextualize it because in our, you know, in our culture and in this church, my guess is there aren't many uh, polytheists in here that would say that there's more than one religion. I think most of us have, have accepted that, that Christianity is the faith and Jesus is the way. I don't think it's everybody in the room, but I believe that's most of us in this room. And I'm speaking to most of you um, because of this fact. I believe since we don't believe that there's more than one religion that works and that we've all chosen one, one sort of way, we can kind of tune out and think that first commandment is not relevant to us because we don't believe in multiple gods. But I don't believe that this is speaking specifically or exclusively to religions. I, I do believe it applies to not having more than one religion, but I believe that gods are more than just religion. I believe God translates as your loves, your passions, and your priorities. And while most of this room won't say that we're polytheists, most of us, if not all of us, in fact, I know all of us have more than one love, and we have more than one passion, and we have more than one priority. And that's okay. God is not even upset that we have multiple loves and multiple priorities and multiple passions. He's just saying that he's got to be the first one. So yes, you have several other priorities, but God's got to be the first one. Yes, there are more than one thing. There's more than one thing that you love, but God has got to be the first love. So, so he's really talking about order here and what comes first. The principle that I'm trying to share with you today is the principle of first. The principle of first. This is a universal principle, which means it doesn't just apply to Christians. This is universal, no matter who you are. If you are a human being, your life is marked by your priorities. 
Every single person here, your life to this day, your current life is a product of your priorities. And that's really encouraging to someone like me because it shows that the ball is in my court. If I don't like the way that my life is or if I don't like the results of my life, I actually have the power and the authority to change that by shifting my priorities. And that's for better or for worse. For some of us, we're experiencing great turmoil and pain and chaos because of our priorities. And some of us are experiencing great peace and joy and prosperity because of our priorities. So, so I really want to empower everybody in this room that you, if you want God to be first in your life, the ball is in your court. You can put them there. And the thing about priorities is it's, it really is key. Whatever's first in your life has the most power in your life. Now, when it comes to God, I think oftentimes we are mistaken because we think as long as God is in our lives, then we're good. But there's a very big difference with God being a priority in your life and God being the first priority in your life. And the truth of the matter is, it's not until he's first that he will have the most power in your life. Now, sometimes people can go, wait, wait a minute. Well, God is all powerful. God is the most powerful thing in the earth. He's more powerful than anything. The cool thing or the interesting thing about priorities even though God is the most powerful thing on your priority list, it doesn't necessarily mean that he has the most power in your life. Whatever has the most power in your life is whatever you put first. So let's say you've got money, you've got fitness, you've got social life and God. God is more powerful than money. He's more powerful than fitness. He's more powerful than your social life. But whatever is over him in your priority list actually has more power in your life than him. Even though he's way more powerful than money, if money is first in your life, money has more power in your life than God. And it's so trippy because God is all-powerful, but he is only as powerful in your life as he is first in your priority list. So I really want to encourage everyone to, to do really what it takes to put him first. But how do we do that? How do I put God first in my life with all the things i got going on, all the responsibilities? I've got all the different interests and passions and ideas that I have how do I put God first? My answer is give God the first of everything. Give him the first of everything. It's very important that we learn the principle of first. If you give God the first of everything in your life, you will see him become first priority in your life. And, 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 and even though... He might have been in your life. When you put him first, it will change your life in a way that it was not changing when he was number three or number four or even number two. Like even second in your life, God doesn't have his full effect that he is designed to have until you place him first and you denounce and demote every other priority, reserving that first place spot. For him. Now, when it comes to giving God the first, most of the teaching usually goes directly to money. And while it does apply to money, giving the Lord your first portion, your first 10%, while it does apply to money, I don't believe this only applies to money. We all have a lot more going on in our lives than just our money. And I believe we are shortchanging ourselves when we only apply this principle to money. I believe there's so many other ways where we can give God the first portion. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So Leviticus is saying a tithe of everything. We give the first of everything to the Lord. And the power of doing this is because the word says it will become holy to the Lord. 
Things that are holy are things that are intentionally set apart and set aside, away from all the other use, and it's given only to God. It is made holy by being set apart and set to the side and reserved for him. So every time you give your first to the Lord, you are setting that first portion aside and saying, this is 100% for God, and then I'll deal with the rest of the portion. Deuteronomy chapter 14 and 23, I'm reading from the Living Bible Translation. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. That's the power of tithing. And a lot of us might be given a portion to God. And again, I'm not saying that that is bad, but I am saying that that is not a tithe. A tithe is the first portion. We cannot disregard that word first. That's what this whole message is about. There is power in what comes first. So I'm not saying it doesn't help the kingdom of God when you give, you know, your remainder to him or when you give a portion if you have time or you're able to pay every other bill. I'm not saying it doesn't do a good thing, but I am saying it will not unleash and unlock the, the supernatural benefits of giving the first portion to God. And, and it's important that we really give attention to this thing that we can often overlook. The first portion. It's not about the amount that we're given, but it is, a, it is about the priority in which we give it. It's not about how much we give, but it is about when we give it. When we give it matters. And I know sometimes we might have been raised in a culture where, or told something differently, but guys, first, what we do first with everything really sets a tone for the rest. And if you want God's blessing and his favor to rest on the rest of your life, you've got to give the first portion to him. Now, there are other places besides money where you can give your first to God. And I want to talk about how we can do that this year. The first thing is what we're about to start doing right now, giving the first of my year to God. Given the first of my year, that's where we are right now. January is the first month of the year. This is the first portion of 2023 in Nashville Live since our beginning. We're about to celebrate 11 years, believe it or not, in March. And since the beginning, we always give the first portion of the year to God in a time of prayer and fasting. We start today. We'll end on the 28th. But this is a way of setting aside the beginning of this year, the first month of this year, for God. We're, we're, we're living life differently this month than we would in, different, in other months. We are getting up early. We're, we're sacrificing food and certain things to dedicate it to the Lord to make this part holy. Um, now, many of us, uh, oh, yeah, we're offering, I've been to say, Monday through Friday, of these three weeks, we're going to be opening the church for prayer services at 6 a.m. And then Sunday, we'll be here at 9 a.m. And we'll keep you for an hour. And we will praise, that's it, Saturday? What did I say? Sunday. Sorry, guys. Church on Sunday. Saturday. Thanks, Dad. Saturday, 9 a.m. So Monday through Friday, 6. Saturday at 9. We'll be here for an hour. Everybody is invited, and it's going to be a time to give our first portion of the year to God and making it a holy time. Um, now, many of us are familiar with prayer. Uh, historically, less people are familiar with fasting. Fasting is a, a biblical discipline that, when coupled with prayer, can produce some incredible results. Um, there's four ways of fasting that I want to cover today, just in case those aren't familiar, for those of you who aren't familiar. Uh, the first one is a complete fast. This fast calls for drinking only liquids. This was done in the Bible, uh, typically water. Um, with maybe light juices as an option. Um, if you do a complete fast, um, 
and you are maybe at risk medically and there's some things going on, some complications, maybe there's a lot of medication that you have to take, we don't advise for you to do this without any uh, a, a green light from your doctor and medical uh, supervision. I don't think that applies to everybody in this room. Um, if you are hungry, it's okay, you're supposed to be. If you don't have that much energy, don't call 911, you just might be fasting, you know? So, so I don't think that applies to everyone, but you know who you are. If that's the situation and you wanna do a complete fast during these 21 days or maybe a portion of it, then definitely uh, be safe and be wise about it. The second way to fast is a selective fast. That's what we're inviting everybody um, to for these 21 days. A selective fast is a fast that involves removing certain elements from your diet. Um, so for us, uh, a big, po most popular selective fast in church is the Daniel fast, and that's where we consume water juice, fruit, and vegetables. So we're taking out the meat, we're taking out the sweets, we're taking out the bread, we're taking out the, the cheese and the dairies and ice cream, all the things that I enjoyed yesterday, all in one day. Um, none of that, but we still get to eat, so you won't go hungry. You just might not enjoy it as much as you would a sweet steak or a great cup of coffee. Um, Am I, is that bad? I'm sorry. Um, uh, I was not going to say it. I was gonna, <laughs> we, we have some coffee lovers in our church. And um, I will not say who, but she is here. And there was a time where <laughs> she rubbed coffee on her skin to think that it was going to somehow wake her up and I will not say her name but you know who you are and she's got a loud laugh so you probably can find out but I was like man you really needed to fast from this coffee if you're rubbing it on your skin then you need to fast from this but anyway I love you um man I forgot about that I just remembered that we've got some funny memories at Nashville life I love this place. Okay, selective fast, that's one. Number three, partial fast. That's sometimes called the, the Jewish fast, and it's where you're fasting certain meals, uh, and then you, it's usually the meals during the day, so you're giving up breakfast and lunch, and then you'll break fast around six o'clock for dinner. Um, that's the fast that we're asking everyone to do on Wednesdays. We would love for Wednesdays to be partial fast, where you go and just do water and juice, and then at 6 o'clock or whenever you do dinner, um, break fast. Uh, yeah, but 6. 6 o'clock, so people don't go. 2 o'clock is my dinner time. Uh, let's all do 6 o'clock. Um, I had to set these rules even for myself, guys. I love food. Um, but I don't love it more than God, right? Yay. Okay, number four, a soul fast. And that is when you are removing certain things that might entertain or appease your soul in a certain way. Usually it's in the realm of entertainment, um, sometimes the news, things that kind of work you up, things where you get, uh, has an effect on your soul. That's a great thing too, to, to give up and to walk away from in efforts of dedicating this time to God. So we've got a complete fast, we've got a selective fast, partial fast, soul fast. We are asking for everyone to uh, consider and to join us in, a, in the selective fast, and then on Wednesdays, we'll go partial fast. So this is how we give our first to the year at Nashville Live. This is how we dedicate our first portion to God, saying, Lord, this is your time. Do what you want to do. We're going to carve out the time and space for you to move in our hearts and our lives in a very special and potent way. Uh, second way is giving the first of your month to the Lord. Um, the first of the month is often a time where we do a lot of our scheduling for the month. We figure out, you know, how are these next four weeks going to look or five weeks. Um, budgeting happens during the first of the month a lot of times. You're paying your bills. You're making sure you've got enough for everything. And all I'm saying is during this time, 
uh, plan to give to the Lord, whether it's your time, um, making sure that you have enough time for maybe life group or serving at your church or serving in the community. Um, when you're budgeting, make sure you plan to give. Um, I'm telling you, you know, if you if you only if it's only a happenstance and you're not intentional about it, you, it's crazy how fast other priorities will come in. If you don't from the beginning say, this is what I'm giving to the Lord. And I'm set, that's why it's so important to set it aside because everything else is going to eat it up. Everything else is going to take it if it's still mixed in. So God really wants us to set things aside for him at the top of our month so that we can plan to please him, so we can plan to keep him first. Because I can tell you, I've yet, see, I've yet to see a person where their lives, where God automatically becomes first. No one just slips into God being first. A person whose life is first, where God is first, I can't tell you how intentional they are. They have to choose it every single day. Life is just built in a way where God is, it's always, and it's always the first thing to go. I'm always amazed at, even when it comes to church, like when there's a new season in your life, everything else can stay but church. Every, somehow we're able to transit, everything's able to transition with us through our seasons of life. Our job can transition with us, our friends can transit, our, our, our hobbies can transition with us, but the, the first thing that gets the shaft is God. And that's just the way life happens. We have to be intentional and set it aside and set it aside before anything else. That's why the Lord says, first thing, give me my stuff first. Because whenever it's not first, everything else eats it up. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Um, the first of your week, the first of my week, give the first of your week to God, which is Sunday. Today is the first day of the week. I know a lot of times it's considered the end of the weekend, but if you look at your calendar, Sunday is the first day of the week. It's day one, and it's no wonder that this is the day that we come together to give to who? To the Lord. We, make the, we set aside the first day to give it to him, to make it about him. We come together and we worship and we give and we bring our gifts to the Lord and our offerings to the Lord and our service to the Lord. This is meant to be a holy day. And I, I really have to say that it's become a, a, a real lost priority in the body of Christ. And it's something that we need to to redeem and bring back that's the first day of the week we give that to God that comes before that shift that comes before that soccer game that comes before all the other things you'd be amazed how and and we and our lives are showing the results of not putting and setting aside day one for God I believe Sunday is for worshiping and replenishing I believe we, we should worship during our Sundays. We should give to the Lord during our Sundays. And I also believe Sunday is a time to replenish, to, to get your mind and your heart at peace so that you can have a great week. If whatever we do in, in, in the first day really sets a tone for the rest. Remember, the first has power. So however we spend our Sundays, I really believe, has an effect on our Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So, so let's keep the first day of the week. Let's keep it God's day. Let's keep it the day where we dedicate it to him and we worship and we give to him. Um, and then the last thing is the first of my day. Your day needs to start with God. The first thing, give the first portion. I'm not saying it's got to be all day. I know everyone's got work and everyone's got other things to do, but just give the first portion. It doesn't have to be that much. You can give your first 15 minutes, five minutes in the word, five minutes worshiping, five minutes prayer, and there you go. It sets the tone. It, lets, it tells the day that God is first. It tells you that God is first. And in that short period, you can really set a principle in your life. I don't believe your life can change until your daily changes. The things that you do on the daily are the small things that actually change the bigger picture. A lot of us are running for changed lives, but we're not changing our days. 
And we're wondering why every December 31st, we're like, this is the year. My life is going to be different. But we keep on doing our days the same. And we're scratching our head going, why is this not working? Your life can't change until your days change. And the best way to start your day is giving it to the Lord. Set it aside. Set it aside for him. It's worth it. It really is. Um, and let's talk about how it's worth it. The last part I want to say is when you live the principle of first and you learn to give God the first in everything, there are benefits that come with it that no one else gets to have um, until they come on board and start this. It is a, a peace and a confidence and a, a hope that is reserved for those who become obedient to this principle of not letting any other things come before God. And the thing that you can do when you are keeping God first in your life, when you give him the first, this is something that no one else can do but people who put God first. When you put God first, you can expect God to bless the rest. When you put God first, you can expect God to bless the rest. If you give him the first portion of your day, you can expect him to bless the other hours. If you give him the first portion of your income, you can expect for him to bless the rest of your account. If you give him the first portion of whatever it is, you can expect for the rest to be blessed. Proverbs chapter 3 goes into how much we can expect. It gives us uh, the benefits that come with when we give God our first. It says, says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then it goes on to say, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, not your second batch, not your third, not the remainder, the first fruits of all your crops. And this is where the benefit comes in. It says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And I love the scripture. I really hope you guys take note of this because this is going to combat the fears that so much of us have when it comes to giving God our first. We, we have those arguments. I know what those arguments sound like. I can't afford to give God the first part of my day because I've got, and then you list all the other priorities. I can't afford to give God the first of this, amount, this check because I've got, and you start listing all the other things. And the enemy always wants to deceive us that if we give God and set aside the first portion, we're going to be lacking for all the other things that we need. And this scripture says the exact different. It says that when you give your first fruits to the Lord, you will overflow. Your barns will overflow. Your brim, the, the new wine will be brimming over the limit. That's the opposite of, of scarcity. That's the opposite of lack. And the enemy always wants us to think, oh, I can't do it because I won't have, I can't give my time because I won't have enough energy for the rest of the day if I give this time. I, I know the arguments. I fight them all the time. I know the things that keep us from giving our first to God. But the word of God is true. And it's saying that whatever you give the first of, you will actually overflow with supply in that area. That's the word. Isaiah 58, here's some more of what we can expect. Verse 8 through 9, Isaiah 58, verse 8 through 9, it says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Your healing will quickly appear, then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. So these are more benefits that those 
and only those who keep, not only put God first, but we know the daily maintenance that comes, you have to keep God first. It's one thing to put him there, but to keep him there is a whole other skill level. We have to give our daily choices to God, a daily commitment to keep God first. And when we do this, the benefits that the Lord will lavish on us is what this passage says. This passage pointed out three things I want to highlight. Isaiah 58 says that we can expect healing. That means whatever is broken in your life, whatever is not right in your life, whatever is crooked in your life, the Lord will straighten. The Lord will mend. The Lord will heal. He will soothe the things in your life that are agitated, the things in your life that are dysfunctional. The Lord will bring into order. He will heal your life. He will heal your body. He will heal your relationships. This is what you can expect when God God is placed first in your life. Again, I'm not saying this is not the benefits of those where God is in your life. This is specifically of when he's first in your life. I think some of us have had God in our lives and we're wondering why our results don't look like the picture. You know how when you're making a recipe and you're cooking something and you got the photo and then yours comes out the oven and it doesn't look like the picture? More than likely, there was something in the order that we messed up. And a lot of us are living our lives going, I'm a Christian. And because God is in our lives, but then we look at the picture that the word of God paints for his people. And we're like, my life doesn't look like what they're describing. Maybe God is in your life, but maybe he's third. Maybe God is second. Maybe God is eighth. And only you can know that. Only you can assess your life. Only you can look at your day and see how it looks. And all I'm saying is be encouraged because if he's not first, you can make him first. You can actually do it. You can do it today. And I think your life will start to resemble more of the stuff that you read in Scripture. That used to frustrate me so much. I had been a Christian for so long. But when I would read Scripture, I would read about benefits that I had never experienced. I said, I don't know joy unspeakable. So either this is fake or I messed up somewhere. Either the word isn't true or I missed something. I'm grateful that I was willing to let myself be wrong before the word was made wrong. Unfortunately, we got a lot of people who would rather say the Bible is fake than to maybe be open to the fact that they weren't doing it right. I'm so grateful that I was open to me maybe being wrong before I threw this word of God out like so many people are doing. So many people because their life is not looking like what they're reading. And instead of saying, maybe my order is screwed up, they're going, this must not be real anymore. And they're walking away. They're getting disenchanted by God. They're saying that he's not real. They're saying these promises aren't true. Opposed to being open to the fact that maybe they misread the recipe. Maybe they did this part before this part when this part was supposed to come before this part. That's the humility that will give us the change that we need in our lives. We have to be willing to put ourselves on the chopping block before the word of God. The Bible says, let every man be a liar before the word of God isn't true. Paul says, I am willing to say that every single person is a liar before I'm going to say that this word is not true. But we don't have enough people in our world that are saying these things. They're, they're too quick to discredit the word of God before discrediting their own wisdom. And it's messing us up. It's messing us up, guys. We have to be willing to lay down our wisdom and lay down our understanding to protect the truth of God's word. And it says, I will work, I will rearrange this thing all day until I see God's word be true in my life. Before I protect the way I do things and throw the word of God as if I've gotten too smart for scripture. I'm talking to this room. I didn't say this in first service. This must be for us. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. We can expect healing. We can expect holiness when we put God first. Holiness is, is making things right with God. 
It makes you set apart for him. And that's where we're called to be, people who are holy. doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we're set apart and we are reserved for his exclusive use. That's what makes us holy because we're set apart. The Bible says that you can experience that. You can experience things. It does, and again, it doesn't mean that you're making all the right decisions, but it does mean that you're on the right course and you're following the one who does know how to do everything right. That's the cool thing about Christians. It takes the pressure. I don't have to know everything. I just have to follow the one who does. I'm not all that smart, but I follow someone who is smart, so my life starts to produce fruit like I'm really smart. That's the beautiful thing about Christianity. We don't even have to be great, but if we follow the instructions of the one who's great, our life will look like we're great even though we're not. I don't have to know the answers, but if I follow the one who has all the answers, my life will look like I knew all the answers. And when someone say, how did you produce this? I would say, I didn't know any of this, but I followed the one who knew. It takes the pressure off of us. We should be the lightest people on earth. The Christians should be the lightest people because the pressure's off. All we have to do is yield, which is the hard part. The hard part is yielding. That's the part. When we yield to the one who knows, he actually will share his results with us. And even though we are limited, finite, sinful beings, we will have perfect fruit stemming from our lives. Not because we're perfect, but because we've grafted ourselves into the one who is. So when you make God first in your life, you will experience his holiness even with all the sins that you committed, you will experience the fruit of his holiness in your life. And it's powerful. It's, it's the best deal ever. It is the best news ever. There's a reason why they call this good news. The Lord is saying, those who were dead in sin, if you just follow me, I will make you alive. And not just alive, but abundant life. I will give you my life, Jesus says. Number three thing is you can experience healing, you can expect holiness, and you can expect help. He says for, when he is first in your life, he will answer your call. Whenever you need help, whenever you're in a bind, whenever you need extra strength, whenever you need extra perspective, whenever you need divine wisdom, whenever you need joy, I'll help you. I have plenty. Here you go. Lord, I'm in need of your joy. Got you. Here. Boom. Lord, I need wisdom. Got you. Boom. Lord, I need community. Got you. Boom. Whatever you need, the Lord will give it to you. He will help you. This is what you can expect when you do the work of keeping him first in your life. Pray first. That's the book that we have for you. We're going to be really working through that this whole uh, month. How to go to God first. Too many of us are going to God fifth. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, you won't experience the benefit of going to him first until you go to him first. There is a fruit, there is a quality, there is a result, there is a, there is a miraculous impact, a, a, a product that comes only to those who put no other gods before him. No other ideas, no other philosophies, no other concepts, no other imaginations, no other inspirations, no other relationship, no, no other book, nothing. Renounce it all, demote them all, and reserve that first place spot for Jesus. That's my appeal for everybody today. I, don't, I know I'm not talking to a room full of people who don't profess Jesus. There might be a small fraction of you all that will actually say you don't believe that Jesus is Lord. I, I know my audience. I know that you guys, most of you all, claim the Lord Jesus. So this is not, 
I'm a sinner, I don't believe in Jesus, and I want to come to the Lord. Today's appeal is for those who are ready to put him back in first place. Because while there might be a room full of Christians, I don't know if everyone here can say that Jesus is first place in your heart. Life has a way of letting the other priorities slip in. And most of the time, the priorities aren't even the bad stuff. It's the good stuff. It's, it's, it's the relationship. It's the family. It's the job. It's the boss. These aren't innately bad things. And that's where it can get us. We know drugs and killing should be, you know, that's obvious. A lot of us have let the good things creep up. Even ministry, good thing, it can't come before God. So this is about making him first. I'm asking for those of you who says, yes, God might be in my life, but if I'm honest with myself, he is not at the top right now. Some things got in the way, and I want to put him back in first place. I want to put God first of my day. I've been kind of getting, you know, I used to start my mornings with him, but but then I started, you know, getting busy, and then the kids came and all this sort of, you know, so now, you know, I get him at... I want to put him back first. I want to start my day with him. Yeah, I know I used to come on church on Sundays, but, you know, COVID happened and so many other people, did all these things. And, and I got to give my first day to God. I got I to gotta, I gotta dedicate that first day to him. Anybody who is ready to make him first place in your life, this call is for you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask us all to stand. Uh, you can stand now. Let's pray. Um, Father, I thank you for... Uh, your presence, God. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, God, that you um, have spoken to us via your word. God, I thank you that you have uh, given us the ability to arrange our priorities, God. You have given us as human beings the power to decide what's first and what's second and what's third and what's fourth. I come against uh, any lie that none of us have the ability to shift our lives in a way that we choose for it to be. God, I pray that everybody feels empowered to arrange their lives and arrange their priorities and arrange their passions in a way that will best benefit their lives and benefit the lives of others. Lord, and you've made it very clear that there is not not a more beneficial life than a life where you are in first place. There are no greater blessings than the blessings that come of when you're first place in our life. Lord, you say that we can expect an abundance, an overflow of supply. Lord, an overflow of of resources when we put you first and we give you our first. Lord, you said that we can expect supernatural healing and holiness and help from heaven for those of us who put you first. So God, for those of us who are wanting that life, those who are wanting to experience what it's like to to live in healing and, and live in holiness and to have help from you constantly, God, I pray, Lord, that they would make the decision to put you first in their life. Lord, you don't function properly until you're first. You don't fully manifest the way that you want to manifest until you're first. You don't function the way that you've been purposed to function until you're first in our lives. Lord, so we repent for putting you second or putting you third or anywhere but first place, God. Lord, we actively right now demote the things that we've put in front of you, whether it was our money, whether it was our fitness, whether it was our relationships, Lord, whatever it is, God, we demote it right now. It doesn't mean we have to throw it away, but we do have to put it under you. It doesn't mean we have to stop, but it doesn't mean we have to stop putting it above you, God. You are first. You are first. Lord, and as we pray, Lord, I pray, God, that we would make that decision today. And I thank you, Lord, that we will experience change quickly when we put you first in our lives. Lord, during these 21 days, let us pray first. Let us go to prayer first. Let us choose prayer first. And let us do it in faith, knowing that 
we can expect great things when you're first place. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life, to be first place in my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen. Let's glorify God. Let's lift up a sound of praise to the one who's first, not second. Let's give a first place praise. Give a first place praise to God. Praise him like he's first place in your life. Thank him like he's first place in your life. Your greatest love, your greatest passion, your greatest priority. That's who we're praising today. Thank you, Jesus. If you made that decision, praise the Lord. It's just the beginning. Like I said, you make the decision, but then you have to make it every day. We have to choose to make him first every day. Tomorrow morning, we're going to do the same thing over again. It just won't be in a crowded room. You'll be at home. You'll be in your bed. And you have to choose to make him first again. And this takes time. It, 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 it takes community. So we don't want you to do this by yourself. We would love to walk this walk with you. If you would like to get more connected to us, there's a few ways that you can do it. You can text BELONG to 77411. We contact whoever texts that, and we just let you know that we're here for you. The ball's in your court, but we are here for you. So you can text BELONG to 77411 if you said yes to the Lord or if you want to get more connected to the church. We've got next steps. Uh, right now, after service, Pastor Marion is leading step two. You can come even if it's your first time. We just want to meet you. We can tell you about our vision. You can get more involved uh, and hear about what we're doing. And then thirdly, we have a prayer team that's going to be up here. They're here to pray for you. If you have any prayer needs, don't hesitate. We are here to serve you. We love you. And uh, lastly, giving. If you would like to give your tithes and offerings, thank you in advance. We've got the finance team in the back, and they'll be happy to serve you, or you can give online. Uh, that's all we have. I'm just going to pray a blessing, and uh, thank you all so much for being here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a blessing over everybody that's here. Lord, I pray a blessing over every family that is represented. Continue to lead us and direct us, and may we always keep you first in our hearts every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great rest of your day, y'all.